Wasn't somebody just tweeting us about that recently or, or the last day or so about the bad Val Kilmer take? Did yeah, somebody? it's because on Sunday it was the uh, anniversary of that movie, Dark Knight. Yeah, and they suggested oh. that it should make the anniversaries of the show. Yeah. Okay. I need to get into Chris's computer somehow and just rip that one bite out. I don't care about any of the other ones. That yeah. one needs to go away. Yeah. Come on. Who cares? Just that one. Just that I'll one. send it again. Just don't worry, one. Chris. I know. I'm going to go into your it. computer and rip it and out, too. And save it. And save it. Yeah. Just keep yeah. saving it, dude. You, Chris. I got you. It's called the skimmer, Greg. <laughs> I know. I can't, I can't get away from it. It doesn't right. go anywhere. And everybody, the by ether. the way, is going to conspire against you. Now that everybody knows how badly you want it out, everybody's going to do their best to save it in other places. Not going anywhere. Yeah, it's pretty much now indoctrinated into the reality of what we're doing here. You know what I mean? Like it just—it is what it is. I do like um, Laura's bite though. That was that one's a really good one. Which one was mm-hmm. Laura's? What did she say? Exactly. No one knows. No, you can play it. You have it. I actually she don't. Like this? Yeah, the way, exactly that one. <laughs> it's not in the system, Greg. Don't worry mm. about it. Mm. I added to it. I added a new one yesterday. My uh, my, I'm a black on black kind of guy. Yeah, that one. That one made it in. That was there, good. Nothing wrong with that. Nope, it's all good. Yeah, I I agree. I think uh, I I actually too will try a little black on black. There you go. Uh, next time I am out, uh, you know, doing something where I need to wear some fancy attire, maybe that's uh, that's the way I'll do it. But uh, nonetheless, what do we got going on today? We've got a big game, right? Mm-hmm, we got a big right? game going on. We've yep. also got a bit of a problem with one of the local teams, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then we have. A suggestion that was made on national television that was one that you made, Scott. Now, I, I feel I still think regardless of who the messenger is, it may be utterly ridiculous. But for those that don't know what I'm talking about, we'll get to that in about 15 minutes. And don't forget, we have Bash for Cash in a, about 12 minutes or so. We will have the cue to call. If you are listening, you can win your chance at 100 or $200 by simply listening for the cue to call in the next commercial break in about 10 or 12 minutes. And if you are caller number four, you automatically win a virtual meet and greet with Mookie Betts of your Los Angeles Dodgers. And that is powered by our friends at Body Armor. And then you get to play Bash for Cash, which means that you get to pick... uh, Today's just a Dodger, right? Because the Angels have already... Or the Angels can play. Right, the Angels are not available today. All right, so you get to pick just a Dodger uh, because the Angels are not available. And you pick a player, you get the player right, who it's a home run, you win the lower end of the money scale here today, which is only worth, not only, but is worth $100. Hell, $100 is better than $0, better right. than $99, better mm-hmm. than any dollars that are less than 100 which is more than what you probably had right now before listening to this. At least in your pocket, probably. Hey, keep in mind, George, that the reason today is 100 and 200 is because Max Muncie hit a home run yesterday, even though the Dodgers lost to the Giants. But our caller yesterday actually picked Mac, Max Muncy. In the fourth, though, right. He so fourth. he got the $200, yes. He, he got right. 200 Because we keep growing it in increments of 100 200 200 400 300 600 4 8 5 10 5 1,000, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, that's going to happen here in a couple minutes, so stick around for that. So where do we want to start uh, today, gentlemen and lady? Do we want to start with the the bad news, or do we want to start with you know, the cool kind of big moment in sports today, which is going to be game six, which we will lead right up into in about an hour. Well, my vote goes to the bad news. Anybody else? I always like starting with the bad news. Okay. Then, you know, this will be, we will do a democracy here. The bad news Same. is Cam Akers is out. 
Yep. Okay. So now I, I asked the question, and I'll start with you, Scott. I, look, he's a fantastic player. I don't think there's any question about that. I think the only – and it really sucks that he tore his Achilles, particularly as a running back. Like, I don't even know what that's going to be like moving forward. And I feel awful for him because the kid has had really bad luck. He was the number one high school running back coming out of high school. He went to Florida State at a time where they were rare, you know, they're de- they were down, which is rare in their history, um, and had ter- a terrible offensive line. He comes here to the Rams, gets it finally going – in the second half of the year, he's going to be the starter. Everyone's just assuming, oh, easy 11, 1,200 yards this year. Like, he's going to be the man. And this happens to him before we even get to camp. So I feel awful for the kid, number one. Um, but I'll ask you this, because the only solace from a sports perspective, again, not from the kid's perspective, because it sucks what happened to him, um, is that that position, historically, Scott, has been the most interchangeable position. Now, you may not get the exact same production, but perhaps you can have a cumulative effect of several guys having similar production. How do you feel about the Cam Akers situation? How do you feel about how it affects this Rams team's chances to try to win a Super Bowl because that's their goal? Okay, so you're right, George. It is unfortunate for the young guy. Okay, he's a young kid. He wasn't the first overall pick. He wasn't a first round pick. He was a second round pick. He's made a couple of dollars. But the fact of the matter is, when you're a running back in the NFL and you tear an Achilles, there is no guarantee you ever come back to what you were. And what he was was good in one season. So this is his rookie year and he's good. He's not great. He's not all pro. Nobody's putting him in Canton, Ohio. He's not the next LaDainian Tomlinson. He's not even the next Todd Gurley after just one season. But he had a good rookie year. Now, as bad as I feel for the young man, if I'm a general manager and I look at players as assets, sorry, that's just the way it goes, my next asset has to come in and replace. And the fact of the matter is, George, you just said it, this position in the NFL has become interchangeable over the course of the years. Now, look, there are some guys in the NFL who are superstar running backs who are clear number one kinds of guys. But generally speaking, every NFL team needs two and more often than not three running backs. The next man up for the the Rams is a guy who statistically played in a couple more games, had a few fewer carries, and had virtually the exact same season as Cam Akers. So, Bad news for the kid, but let me just ask you this. You think the Vegas odds are going to change on the Rams' Super Bowl chances because their running back, who was just a rookie, all of a sudden is now gone for the season? I don't think so. So feel bad for the kid, George, but it's not a game-changer in my estimation. Not Um, a season-changer. So if we were classifying this one of three ways, you know, as uh, my friends on the jump like to call it, they play a game called something nothing or everything uh i would classify it as something i wouldn't classify it as nothing and i wouldn't classify it as everything so i I believe that it is something because i think he's better than the guys that are currently on the roster but to your point we've seen guys who have been undrafted free agents in uh, at that position specifically thrive and and have good seasons and help teams win big games we also saw we've also seen guys who people thought were done and toast like a leonard fournette last year right jacksonville gave up on him and tampa bay signed him and he was productive for them so i do think circumstances matter 
Uh, I do think that if I were them, and do we have the Sean McVay sound? He was on with Max Kellerman today. Do we have sound of Sean McVay? Because I'm pretty sure McVay, when he spoke to Max, and by the way, you can catch Max's show each and every weekday here on this station, beginning at 11 a.m. He leads right into Mason and Ireland each and every day. And if you're not listening to Max, you're just doing it wrong, basically, is the way I would describe it. Because, you know, Max help build this station into a powerhouse, and he deserves you as a member of his audience for his show between 11 and 1 on the network that also airs here on ESPN LA. Uh, all right, so let's hear Sean, who, by the way, I'm a little jealous that Sean went on Max's show, though, I am going to be honest, uh, and did not come on our show um, to tell well, us Well, he still could, news. you know. I mean, if we No, really I mean, there's no point him, in having him come on twice in a day. All right, how He's about Les Snead? Should we talk to Les Snead No, today? no, it's fine. Now we only we got only an, hour. an hour show anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, but here's what he said on Max's show. The way he was playing at the end of the year where he can play all three downs and you can really give him a heavy workload and he just gets better as he accumulates touches and carries, that's hard to find. You know, it, it was – it felt similar to what Todd had done for so many years for us a couple years back. And I think, you know, it's, it's, it's on the record about how highly I think of Kim and what a complete player I think he is. It's a, it's a big loss, uh, but it is an opportunity for others. All right. Now, let me hear what else we've got. I know he could continue to expand on, uh, on his thoughts there. I think you want to take a step back. I think the the immediacy of it is your your first inclination is, okay, who do we have to, to replace it? And then what you do feel good about is we've got some young depth on the roster and it'll earn guys an opportunity to really see, all right, how do they handle a little bit more of a workload? How are they able to handle some competitive opportunities we'll have, whether it be in the preseason or practicing against the Cowboys and the Raiders? And so we've got some young backs on our roster that I'm intrigued about seeing how they handle this opportunity. I don't know that the veteran route is something that we would rule out, but it's not something that we're immediately looking to address right now, you know, with it just occurring yesterday to camp. All right, and because of that, and that was on Max's show, that was Sean McVay. So because of that, I actually think that is the way to do this because, you know, you just heard me say, Scott, that we've seen guys who have been undrafted free agents who have bounced into starting roles on good teams and performed well. So give these kids a little run, right, during the regular season – or excuse me, during the uh, the preseason, and you've got a handful of kids, right? They, they drafted the kid Funk – in the seventh round, they've got uh, Xavier Jones, who there's an undrafted free agent. They've got Otis Anderson Jr. from Central Florida. No relation to Otis Anderson, the Super Bowl MVP of the Giants in Super Bowl 25. Uh, but again, kind of a smallish third down kind of back. You know, just see what you got there in the preseason for a couple of games with those guys. And if you don't feel comfortable, then you knock on the doors of the LaShawn McCoys. And I, I'm pretty sure, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, Scott, If I think Le'Veon Bell may be a free right, agent. Right. Like I, I think either of those two guys would fit well in this particular scheme. All right, so it, look, I hear what Sean McVay is saying, and this is the smart thing to say. You know, you're the coach of the team. He's a young player. He's still considered, quote-unquote, property of the franchise. They're still going to rehab him and try and bring him back. And, yes, he had shown at the end of last year he's a guy who can do a lot of different things on the field, play three downs, et cetera. Okay, those are the things you should say. But reality is, as soon as he's hurt, nobody in the building goes, oh, my God, we're done, we're completely done. Now, if Matt Stafford, God forbid, tore an Achilles training today, everybody would be like, what do we do now? 
I mean, really, what do we do? Is our whole season on John Wolford's back? Do we really have a chance with John Wolford at quarterback? And I think everybody would have a feeling of, we're in trouble here. We're in real trouble. Does Peyton Manning want to leave Monday Night Football Part 2 and try and come back? I don't think so. So this is a, a position that is replaceable. Is he a good young player? Yes. Is he an automatic Hall of Famer after one season? No. I would throw this at you, George, because you're right. There are a couple of available free agent running backs that played just a year ago. Some of them you might look at and go, are you out of your mind? LaShawn McCoy, I think, can still play. Believe it or not, Frank Gore can still play. He put yeah, up some statistics Yeah, but I don't see year. Frank Gore fitting into a Sean McVay scheme. Well, like- then let me throw this at you. Let, let me just throw this at you here. What would everybody think if I told you he knows the team, knows the coaching staff, knows the okay. system, speaks the I, language? I, I already know where you're going. Okay, I'm just throwing it out as an idea. Yeah, that Todd if, Gurley is what Absolutely. I'm throwing it out as an idea, and here's why. Okay. Because, obviously, he had started his career with the Rams. He helped the Rams get to a Super Bowl. He got hurt. He wasn't the player he once was. He was you know, signed to a huge contract. It didn't work out. He was shipped out. He went to Atlanta. It wasn't a successful moment for him. You know what? He doesn't have to be the number one. He may not even really have to be the number two. He could be a role player, and because he knows the offense and the coaching staff, it's it's at least, in my opinion, worth kicking the tires on for Todd Gurley. Anybody I mean, else? I mean, it was not pretty here at the end. Is well, what I, would say. I understand that, and and I mean, there maybe, was literally a moment where Sean asked him to come in the game. He didn't have this helmet on. He refused to come in the game. Well, there were a lot of other things that happened that were ugly as well. But here's what I would say: Sometimes when you're a player, you think to yourself, you know, man, I've got some unfinished business, and I would really love to create some resolution or some closure around a situation. You don't think that maybe Todd Gurley and the Rams could find a way to say we both kind of need each other right now? Let's give it a go. I mean, who would you rather go with? Would you rather go with a LaShawn McCoy, a Le'Veon Bell, or a Todd Gurley, just knowing that Gurley knows the team, the system, the offense, et cetera, et cetera? I'm just throwing out concepts here. Um, Todd Gurley looked pretty finished to me, man. You know what I mean? Like He did not look like a guy who was still a good running back. Would I mean, you work him out? Would you give him a workout, look at no, him, see what he looks I, I, like? He's see? not. He's just not. He's done, dude. He's those, off your radar. The, he's that done. Knee, those knees were a ticking time bomb when they drafted him. And they. he's just not that dude anymore. And he was amazing for a stretch of several years. Um, I mean, he led the – he was like second in MVP voting one year. Yep. So, like, he was that good. I, I just don't – I mean, maybe I'm wrong, Okay. I I don't think he has that in him anymore. I don't think he's anywhere near the player he used to be. And it sucks because he's only 26 years old. He's going to be 27 in a couple of weeks. But I would take my chance. I think Le'Veon Bell, of all those guys, you know, he – I don't know what happened to him, but I I think that him taking the year off actually hurt him more than anything else. I don't think it's been – it's not really injury-related. I think it's just inactivity that's been his problem. Well, Le'Veon Bell, to me, and this is – Well, and I think he may have, and correct me if I'm wrong, some sort of off-the-field issue that I I don't know the details. Well, well, his off-the-field issue, as far as I know, is he's just a pain in everybody's ass. Let's just back up for one second. Le'Veon Bell was one of the truly premier backs in the NFL with Pittsburgh. And by sitting out a year – he lost all the money that he would have made with the Steelers, and he never recouped the money when he went to the Jets. His problem in New York was, obviously, they're a bad franchise, but beyond that, 
Pittsburgh took advantage of his vision and his patience. They never, the Jets didn't do that. The Jets were like, you go through the three hole, you go through the six hole. Le'Veon Bell's like, no, 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 no. I get the ball. I kind of, you know, stutter step. I look around, I find the opening, boom, I'm gone. And, and what he did last year, going to Kansas City and making virtually no contribution, and then coming out in the offseason and ripping Andy Reid. Listen, not everybody loves Andy Reid. I'm one of those people that doesn't love Andy Reid. And when I say I don't love him, I mean working around the Chiefs is a real headache for people like me. I'll tell you this, though. Um, Le'Veon Bell, to me, may still have some talent, but to me, he's way too much of a locker room problem to even give that guy a look. That's why I'm saying I would bring in a bunch of guys, I'd work them out, and by the way, Gurley would be on my list, McCoy would be on my list, Frank Gore would be on my list. I'd probably look at Le'Veon Bell just to see what he looks like, but I'd look at every available veteran running back and say, guys, we don't, you, don't need you to be a one, we may not even need you to be a two, if your role is as a three and you're going to get five carries a game, I'll tell you right now, I think Gurley is somebody that the Rams should absolutely at least kick the tires on. Okay, well, we can open that up for discussion on the other side. Plus, we got Bash for Cash. Listen for the cue to call here coming up in the commercial break. You got to listen during the commercial break. And if you are, if you hear the cue to call and you're a caller for, you'll win the virtual meet and greet with Mookie Betts, courtesy of Body Armor, and you'll get a chance to play Bash for Cash for some money. So that's coming up in two minutes. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Thank you, Christopher. Today, our contestant, we have Hayden Jaco of Orange, and he joins us here. Uh, real quick, Je sir, how are you? Congratulations. I'm doing, I'm doing good. Thank you. How are you guys doing? Uh, good, buddy. Well. Good. And, and by the way, we also want to congratulate Gary Goodson from Burbank yesterday. He won 200 bucks for predicting Max Muncie will hit a home run. So, uh, Hayden, for you... Just for being a Bashford Cash contestant, you've already won a virtual meet and greet with Mookie Betts, courtesy of our friends at Body Armor. More than a sports drink, stock up a Body Armor sports drink at your local Albertson. So I'm sure you're looking forward to that, right? That'll be cool. Yeah, that'll be awesome. Awesome. So we'll set that up for you. Uh, but Cap is going to explain how this particular game works. Yep. Hayden, it's real simple. You pick a Dodger player to hit a home run and then tell us what inning. Now, if you get the player right, you're going to win 100 bucks. If you get the right player and the right inning – You'll win $200. Now, for everybody else, here's the deal. If we don't have a correct prediction today, tomorrow the cash prize will go up to $200 and $400. All right, brother. What's your selection? I'm going to go with Max Muncy in the first. Wow, Max Muncie. Now, listen, Max Muncie, I believe, has seven home runs against the Giants, so it's actually not a bad pick. He did it yesterday in the first, so you think he'll do it again? All right, we're going to roll with Max Muncie. Good luck to you, okay? Thank you. All right, we're going to put you on hold. They'll get your information, so they'll get you set up with that meet and greet from with Mookie Betts, courtesy of our friends at Body Armor. Yep, and good luck. Now, listen, make sure you're listening tomorrow at the same time, 415, 
We'll have another Bash for Cash contestant. And special thanks to Owning. Just saw a TV commercial for Owning. Bringing safety and simplicity to refinancing your home. Visit Owning.com for more information today. All right, then. Uh, so we were just talking about the running back situation with the Rams. Mm-hmm. And you were saying that they should bring in Gurley. I'm just I saying necessarily... that I kicked the tires on Gurley because – but, George, just let me just justify the, the reasoning. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's simply because – he knows the organization. Yep. He knows the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. He speaks the language of the offense. And if I'm Todd Gurley, I'm not walking in with any sort of attitude of any kind. I'm walking in humbled, quite frankly, and saying, hey, coach, you know what? I'd love to have another shot to win a championship with the team that gave me my first chance in the NFL. I realize my role may not be the same today as it was when I was a young kid and I was drafted. But I'm here to play a role. I'm here to do. Yeah, but he didn't what like Dwight that. Howard did. Well, he didn't but like he, that. But, he didn't but like that the last time, and you, and he talked a lot of crap about the organization. Like I, I just think that there's, I, I don't, I just think there's bad blood there, dude. Like, I agree. I, I think that I, you're gonna, you're listen. What you said about Le'Veon Bell being a quote unquote locker room potential distraction, I think that Gurley could end up being that. And I say that respectfully because I like Todd personally. He's cool. But, like, I just, man, it did not end pretty here I at understand. all. I got it. But, but listen, I'll, I'll just use Dwight Howard as an example, right? Okay. When he came back in his next iteration for the Lakers, he was not the player that he was in his first stint with the franchise. Things didn't exactly end great. Um, and, and he came back and he said, look, I'll be a team player. I'll be a role player. Tell me what you need me to do. If tonight I have to sit on the bench the entire game because matchups dictate, I will and I'll be quiet about it. If you need me to get in and get some boards, score some points, you tell me when you need me, coach. I would just think, and I don't know this as a fact, George, I don't know Todd Gurley well at all, but I would just think that Todd Gurley would come back humbled. He would be open to a, a different sort of a role. And I would think, again, this is my mindset, hey, I got drafted by these guys. I got signed by big money by these guys. I went to a Super Bowl with these guys. And you know what? I'd love to have another shot to finish thing, this thing off. And I'm just saying that I would talk to Todd Gurley, mostly, George, because the other available free agent running backs who have been productive in the last year or two, even if they're getting older, it's a whole new team, a whole new system, a whole new language, a whole new offense. I'm just saying Gurley's ahead of the curve in that regard. I mean, I guess, but if he can't produce, like, who cares? You know well, I mean? but but here's the question. What would you ask of somebody? To, I mean, are we looking for, and I say we are, the Rams looking for a number one? Do, do I don't know re- what they're looking for. I would imagine they're going to go by committee again. Um, and if you're going to do that, I think what you should do is you either get a guy like Le'Veon Bell who has had, you know, like productive seasons. Um, you know, a little I, while. Okay, but all these guys are a little while. It's mm-hmm. it's been a little while for Todd Gurley too. It's been yeah. a while for Sean Lashawn McCoy too. Like okay, so, I, I just think you take the guy with the most talent, and I think that he's the most talented of that group. I, and then, I, or I if you want to go with a completely different style of running back than what you have, then maybe you sign Adrian Peterson on the cheap. Okay, Adrian Peterson uh, is is not a terrible idea. Because you're talking about a future Hall of Famer who could come in, and this is something that people always look at and they go, okay, he's a veteran, meaning he's old, but he's been around a lot and he's, you know, he's done a lot of different things since he left his original team. And maybe he comes in and he's a positive influence on younger players. Listen, I know you guys are probably laughing at this notion, but I'm telling you Frank Gore fits into the same category no, no. as an Adrian Peterson. And even though Frank Gore's a much older guy, 
um, than you would like at the running back position. There's something about his body that has allowed him to continue to play in the NFL. Frank Gore's got a kid playing in college football, like a sophomore or a junior. I mean, that's the kind of, he's like 40 years old. Running backs usually fall apart by 30. That guy's body, for some reason, has been able to withstand the test of time. I know it sounds crazy, but you're not looking for a one necessarily. You're looking for a two and a half to three, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think if that's the if that's the move, then whether it's Adrian Peterson, hell, I, Duke Johnson to me is a guy I would take a peek at. Like I actually think that you know he kind of has um, he's what they want Daryl Henderson to be. <laughs> Without now, he doesn't have the burst that Daryl Henderson has, but he he is what they want him to be. I I think in a perfect world because I don't think Daryl Henderson is a three down back. Uh, now maybe I'm wrong. We'll find out. Uh, I know that of all the guys on this list that we've talked about, the guy Greg least wants is LaShawn McCoy because Greg also harbors ill will towards LaShawn McCoy because he ruined a movie experience for him. He absolutely ruined Endgame for me, and I will never forgive him for it. And he's wow. and he knows it. He knows it. He's seen me on Twitter talk about it, and it went right at him. He's like, oh, I feel bad for upsetting Greg. I know it happened. Yeah, that definitely <laughs> didn't happen. Like, he did not see you. Oh, no, he um, did. He did. I'm, I'm he sure told he me. Did. He DM'd me. Yeah, I'm sure he did. Is that um, right? But, yeah. Yeah. Get over it, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> he told us that Iron Man died before I saw the whoa, movie. Whoa, 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 hold on. What? No, what so happened? Yeah, I, I don't care. I don't care what you think. You're never going to see What happened here? Hold on. Yeah. Nah. Too late for you, bro. Yeah. Way okay. too. Way too late for you. All right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the movie's like three years old at this point. Well. Still. You, you weren't going to watch it anyway. Let's be. No, honest. That's, true. that's true. I'm still trying to decide if I'm going to watch Space Jam and Black Widow. Yeah. Do not. I'm watching both. Yeah. I promised you guys I was going to watch Space yeah. Jam. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll open it up to the phones if people want to talk about this at 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. we got overrated, underrated coming up in a segment in a second as well. Thank you very much, Chris. All right, we're going to start with birthdays like always. And so I can give Cap a little bit of time to do some Googling. Sedano, <laughs> some birthdays for you. Carlos Santana. Oh, I know him. Come on. Or Omar Epps. Oh, come on. Do you know Omar Epps, Cap? I do. Okay. Are you asking me or him? Yeah, no, I'm asking you. So oh. I know you know. I was giving him time to Google. Uh, man, Omar Epps has been in a lot of cool movies over his career. I mean, Carlos Santana is a legend. Um, this is tough for me. I do like Omar Epps. Um, Juice, higher learning. Uh, he was also in the second major league. The um, program. Mm -hmm. The program, right? He was the running back in the program. Uh, he was in love in basketball, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, but, but because it's Carlos Santana he's going up against, I'm going to have to go with Carlos Santana as underrated and Omar Epps, unfortunately, in this particular case. I would never do this to you, Omar, unless it was Carlos Santana uh, will be overrated. Yeah, and I'm going to have to say to Omar, Omar, listen, if you're, if you're out there this afternoon, and I know a lot of people check in on 710 ESPN, so we got a lot of celeb types that will tune in because they're sports fans. Omar, don't take this personally, dog, okay? You're not an overrated guy. What are you, Randy Jackson giving him a dog? That's right. I'm throwing yeah. in a dog there, okay? Yeah. And, and by the way, Omar, you're a little pitchy to me. A little pitchy, but that's just me. Yeah. Listen, when you play this game, somebody's got to be overrated, somebody's got to be underrated, and when two guys who you, you like are both head-to-head, -head, unless you want to use your get-out-of-jail-free card, and today's only Tuesday, I'm not using it on this. So, Omar... Respectfully, my man, overrated. Carlos Santana, in this equation, underrated. All right, next. All right, uh, Cap. 
Yeah. An Oregon hiker took a video while kayaking of a Bigfoot crossing the river. The video is slowed down and frozen, but it's hard to tell what it actually is. It kind of looks like a guy in a brown suit, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, the main know point is, is believing in Sasquatch overrated or underrated? Is believing in Sasquatch overrated or underrated? I'm going to say that believing in Sasquatch is underrated because many of us think that there could be something out there, although never really proven. No one's ever trapped a Sasquatch. No one's ever taken one down. No one's ever really proven anything to us. But we've got a couple of different words we use, Sasquatch and Bigfoot. So we all believe in something. We don't really know why exactly. So with all of that being said, I'm going with underrated. Believing in Sasquatch would be underrated. That's right. No, it's overrated. There's no such thing as Sasquatch. Why are you an idiot? Wait, are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I know Greg just said that there's somebody who's got video of a Bigfoot. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, Greg, maybe that's just not accurate. I mean, I also said that it looks like a dude in a brown suit. Yeah, but right, the way you started it, yeah. you know, you started it, you're like, hey, somebody got a video of a Bigfoot. I'm like, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. That was I mean, they got the Loch Ness Monster, too? Maybe. All right, Sedano, Chris Paul and the Suns are in a must-win game tonight, of course. Paul has talked a few times about how when Scott Foster is the referee, he is 0-11 when he plays in the game. Well? Well, 2-15 and overall, 0-11, um, Ofer's last 11. Ofer's yes. last 11. Yeah. Well, Scott Foster is your referee tonight in game yep. six. Uh, yep. And Tony Brothers. It's the combination. It's like a tag team. Tony Brothers and Scott Foster, the two officials that uh, current players don't love to see. So I'm wondering from the NBA standpoint, because they can choose, is their decision to have Foster in this game, knowing that it will become a storyline about the referee, no matter what, overrated or underrated? Uh, I think that part is overrated. Um, I think they don't care because the way they look at it is if you talk about it, cool, that's fine. It doesn't make a difference to us. You wouldn't have known the stat if Chris wouldn't have told everybody a few weeks ago or months ago or whatever it was now. Um, And I I would add that if you talk to guys who are away from the game now, okay, who are no longer – dealing with these referees on a daily basis where they can look back and take the emotion out of it. They'll all tell you, for whatever it's worth, having a guy like Scott Foster and Tony Brothers there, as much as we like to make that a thing, um, you know, you, we used to do it with Joey Crawford back in the day. The one reason the NBA has guys like that, Steve Javi, who works for ESPN now, was one of those guys too back then, um, has those guys in these Game 7 positions because they're never, like, phased. They're not phased by players yelling at them. They're not phased by the crowd. They're going to call it like they see it, and that's what they want. You don't get a Game 7 if you don't grade out well. They, have, they grade out these officials each and every game. So for as much as people want to make a big deal about this, um, I, I actually think it's going to – I actually think it's not going to matter today. I think Phoenix wins today, I, and I, whether it's Scott Foster and Tony Brothers or not. I hope you're right. I'd love to see this thing get to a Game 7. I'm going overrated here. Uh, George, you bring up, I think, the most important point in all of this, which is it's Chris Paul who puts this out there for consumption and conversation. Listen, it's like Herm Edwards once said, you play to win the game. Listen, dude, don't let this referee get in your head. Don't let the last 11 games get into your head. It's do or die right now. It's legacy time in your career. 
It's taken you 16 years to get to the NBA Finals. You're on the verge of elimination, or you're on the verge of taking this thing home and having a real chance in front of your crowd. Do not let the referees become uh, a storyline and get into your head before the ball is even tipped off. I'm going overrated. All right. What's next? All right, Cap. Video game developer Mike Micah shared on Twitter that he once pitched Adam Sandler with a Happy Gilmore golf video game. <laughs> that, that would have been part fighting and part golf game. Yeah. And Sandler liked the idea. Unfortunately, the pitch didn't amount to anything. But would a Happy Gilmore video game back in the day be overrated or underrated? Overrated. Now, look, I got it. I got the concept, okay? Happy's got his hockey stick, and he can go out there and start pounding dudes over the head, Marty McSorley style. I got it, okay? But I just don't know how far you can go with the development of the storyline. So once Happy beats somebody up on the golf course with a hockey stick, what happens next? Does Mike Tyson show up with a golf club and it's that kind of a fight? I'm just going to go immediate reaction, overrated. Uh, I, too, am going to say overrated just because if it didn't make it through the pitch and, and Sandler liked it, that goes to show you how bad the idea probably was or the execution of the idea probably was. So uh, that is overrated as well. All right, that is overrated, underrated. Uh, coming up next, who do you want the Rams to bring in? Like, what, what do you do? Do you stay put? Do you bring in one of these veteran guys, LaShawn McCoy, Le'Veon Bell? Do you want Todd Gurley back, Frank Gore? Right, there's all these guys. Uh, that are available what do you do with this situation we'll get to that uh, in just a second so stick around we'll be back in two and a half minutes all right SLK with you here we've got a couple more minutes here in the show because we're taking you up to game six of the NBA finals we'll do a little speed round here in a few minutes but I did see just now Netflix tweeted this out earlier today that all five seasons of Friday Night Lights return to Netflix on August 1st now, Michael B. Jordan was on that show. I mean, look, that, it was a pretty good show. Now, it was I like the movie more than I like the show. I know I'm probably in the minority on that. Um, but I I don't know. Like it just I didn't care for the show all that much. Greg and Laura, I, I don't Kaplan, there's no way you watched that show, did you? Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Yeah. Yeah. You know, your, uh, your, your point about me not watching the show, you're right. But I will tell you one thing. My son, who's 21, who's still playing college football, says it's like his favorite, favorite, favorite show. And I say, okay, I can buy that. But my daughter, who's 19, who's still a college soccer player, she also said, Dad, you've got to watch Friday Night Lights. It's the greatest show ever. And I, I haven't. I just haven't watched it. And by the way, I'm in the middle of a monster binge right now on a show called Startup on Netflix there's only three seasons, and I'm in episode two of season three. So I watch stuff. It's just, you know. I, yeah, I you watch stuff that you're more interested in. You don't care yeah. about what happened to a high school football team and the kids and the parents and all that stuff. No, I mean, I might want to go back and watch it someday, but I haven't gotten into it yet. Yeah. I loved it. I thought I thought the movie was great, and I even liked the show. I watched all five seasons of the show. Uh, I watched every episode. It was great. I enjoyed it. Yeah, no, it, it was a good show. I didn't watch every episode of every of all five seasons. I for like, sure did. I mean, it, I it's didn't. good. You did not, Laura? No. Yeah, I, not for you? No, the, the show's great. I just feel like I agree with you. The movie's better. Like, just condensed. Did you start it and not finish it? Like, And if so, where did you get done with it? No, no, no. I finished it, but I didn't oh. watch every episode. Like, I don't feel like you need to. Right. Oh, really? It's not one of those shows, yeah. I felt like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because there were other shows that in the middle of it all, I just, you know, I got lost. Like, Ray Donovan. I was into Ray Donovan. Then all of a sudden, for some reason, I just stopped watching it. You know, and I just could never get myself back to it. 
So, I, I, I'll say this. Yesterday was the anniversary of the in, initial uh, launch of the show Entourage, mm-hmm. um, which we, you know, we've talked about here on, on this show plenty. I, I think the first four seasons of Entourage in that time, like I could put it up against any show from that era and be like, this show is great. And then, you know, it kind of went a little sideways here and there uh, after that. But those first four seasons, like to me, there was no like, okay, so I'll give you the example. The show Ari Gold, the character is Mm -hmm. uh, loosely based. Well, maybe not so loosely, depending on who you talk to loosely based off the super agent Ari Emanuel of William Morris and now William Morris Endeavor. Now, I was once represented by them. So I have I had agents who will remain nameless (laughs) who told me at that time, like, yo. It's not that far off, <laughs> okay, like that character. Yeah. Um, but I felt like that character was, at, for that stretch of time, one of the, if not the greatest character. Like HBO at that time had uh, was just coming off Sopranos. Um, you know, they had Entourage, Ari Gold. Like they had some of the best characters and character development uh, of any network when they were producing shows. Like, I don't think that there was a run. HBO has good shows now, but I don't feel like they'll ever be on the run that they had for, like, a decade where they were, or maybe longer, right? Almost two decades where they were giving you, like, Oz and Sopranos oh and God, The Wire Oz. and Entourage and, like, you know, all you know all these shows and uh, Game of Thrones. Like, I don't know if anyone will go through that kind of run again. I don't even know of any shows that right now, like our new series that people watch on HBO. You mentioned Oz. That was a great one. Shout out to my man, Doug Ellen, who was the original producer and writer yeah. of, of Entourage, who I know listens daily because uh, he'll yeah, text me I, about things. Yeah, I'm a big fan. We, I follow him on Twitter. Yeah, yeah he'll, he'll text me things about things that we were talking about. So, Doug, shout out to you, man. But, yeah, George, um, Friday Night Lights is, is one that, you know, and I'm a football junkie. I've told you, man, I, I'll watch replays of, of games on NFL Network. I'm that kind of football junkie. I was watching the Spring League on Fox this past year. Uh, I'm a football junkie, but that show, I just never quite got into Friday Night Lights. Yeah. Entourage, though, that was must-see TV every single week. There every was, Sunday. You yeah. had to watch it because yeah. you had to know what's going on, and you, it wanted, made you want to go back and watch it. It was, it was an incredible show. Yep, it was great. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure... Um, now, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that they had, like, Entourage and Sopranos on on the same day, did they not? At first, for at least a little crossover, maybe? Were they both Sundays? They, they were definitely both Sundays, but I, I'm yeah, trying to remember... Was. I'm pretty sure that both were on for a stretch, like together at the same time. Like maybe not for a long time, but for at least a couple years. Now, if you go back series? and watch, if you back go back and watch Entourage right now, you think it holds up? Uh, well, look, I think there are some things in that you put through a 2021 lens, um, particularly about the portrayal of women. Maybe uh, that yeah, stuff doesn't yeah. hold up so great. No, that does not. Um, Being but rude to like Ari Gold does not work. Um, no, but it's still like, I, I think for, again, you can't put like, this is the problem I have though. Um, I, I am not watching, go, like if I go back like, are you and watch enjoy it, are you going to enjoy it if you watch it? Yes, now? I will still enjoy what do you it. Do you feel dirty? I, I, no, because of course I, not. Well, no, because some things don't hold up. You No, because you have to put it through the lens of when it was created. You see what I'm saying? Like, I can't go back and put shows from 1950, right? And put them through the lens of 2021. The world wasn't the same back then. I'm not saying that the world 
should have been the way it was. I'm just telling you the reality of what it was. Okay. Oh no, I wasn't even going that far. I wasn't no, 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 to say no, 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 no. I know what you're. I know what you're saying. Yeah. I'm telling you that I'm going to taking this on a different tangent. You mean okay. the world is not what it was for Leave It to Beaver anymore? The world is not right. what it was for Archie Bunker every, anymore. Everything is different, right? Yeah. Everything is different. As Wonder a matter of fact, I feel like All in the Family. Um, I've talked about this. Would be an HBO show now. Like it would be a network show. There's no chance. In fact, right, I it would be on Netflix or like a lot of those Norman Lear shows would be on. Which, by the way, they're I believe they're all on Amazon Prime right now. Um, but you, my point is that they would be there on Amazon Prime or something like that. Yeah. Well, I loved Entourage. It was great. I'm just trying to think. Can you guys think of any show right now on HBO or Showtime? Because Showtime, I mentioned that I, Ray Donovan is one that I kind of lost in the middle. Um, I'll give you another one I lost in the middle. Billions. You guys ever watch Billions? I, I, I did not. Um, that was a great Katie Nolan's, show. Katie um, uh, better, uh, well, maybe not better half, but her other half uh, is an actor on that show. That um, was a great show, Billions. I'll give you another one. I um, want to see Succession. Okay, I, Succession. Great, great one, right? Yeah. I watched Succession for, let's say, a season and a half, and then once I, I, I stopped my binge, I never was able to get back onto Succession. What I had seen, I had loved but I stopped in the middle and I never was able to get back. Whereas yeah. on a Game of Thrones, somehow they got me that every Sunday I would be sitting there, whereas, you know, House of Cards, I, I took it all down. You know what I mean? I, I watched it, I binged it, and I took it all down. But, yeah, certain shows, I don't know why, but I, I, I got into them and then stopped and never got back into them. Is there any show on HBO or Showtime right now that you still watch? I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's a show, but it's technically not like, a, you know, it's not like a... Uh, like a, it's not like a traditional TV show. It's I, I watch last week tonight with John Oliver every week. Oh, okay, well, yeah, right. But that's not a series. That's that's a talk show, right? Kind of. Yeah, right. I'm with you. But I I watch last week tonight every single week that it's on. It's on my DVR. Like I, you know, I watch it. You know, whenever I get a chance on Sunday, uh, after it airs, and that that's pretty much it right now for me on HBO. Um, although I'm I am big into whatever HBO documentaries. Like I saw the documentary on. Um, it's like a six-part series on uh, uh, the QAnon folks. Uh, I thought it was fascinating. Oh, I haven't seen that. What's that uh, called? I'd like to see that. Uh, I think it's just called Q, I want to oh, say. okay. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it was like I, I, anytime HBO does a documentary, I'm in. Like, yeah. you don't have to sell me on it. Like, they should I'm do a documentary on, like, why HBO got out of the boxing business. Now, would that not be fascinating? Well, so, I, would, be I would say that probably money is the reason. Well, it was, but it, but it was also the advent of the the streaming services. And, and so HBO, which was the leader in boxing, I mean, any big fight that happened was HBO was Jim Lampley. And then all of a sudden they were out of business and you're like, what exactly happened here? And they got that, out of business because it was too costly. Well, yeah, but way. also because and, and the, remember, the when they, services when they, popped up. Well, there's that, yes, but it also, you look at the overhead. The, the overhead for boxing was probably more than they anticipated because everyone else has also then gotten to, into the boxing game since. Yeah. Um, you know, Top Rank partnered with ESPN, right? And Golden Boys got their thing with DAZN or whatever, right? And PBC is with Fox and NBC has one and everybody's got one. Yeah, so, it, would, it would be interesting, though, to, to see what they were all thinking about as the leaders in the in the industry. And then as things. No, I don't change, think that's actually that really interesting. Oh, I think it'd be really fascinating. I've done several <laughs> interviews. I mean, if you want to do the history it. of the of the of the fights they had, maybe that's more interesting. But. Well, it, it, I think that'd be part of the story. All right. Nonetheless, listen, George, I know we don't have much time left. Let me just throw something by. OK, let me throw something by you here. You ready? Quickly. Go ahead. So I've gone back and I've done a little bit of research during the commercial breaks. Listen to this. Adrian Peterson last year, 156 carries, 604 yards, seven touchdowns. Okay, not bad, right? 
Not terrible. Yep. Those are stats that are comparable to Cam Akers. Frank Gore last year, listen to this, 187 carries, 653 yards, two touchdowns. Again, very, very similar numbers, okay? Uh-huh. Now, listen to this. Can you make this quick? Because I told yeah. you we were going to do like a rapid-fire thing yeah, after this. Here it goes. Three, less than three minutes. Todd Gurley last year, 678 yards, nine touchdowns. All these guys are exactly the same. I'd kick the tires on all these guys. Okay. Uh, I mean, I got it. You said that earlier. I I thought you were giving me some sort of revelation here, Kaplan. I'm giving you that these guys all had similar numbers to Cam Akers, and when you say that that Todd Gurley's knees are shot, he actually had more yards than all those guys. Okay, yeah. He's he's not very good anymore, though. Cam Akers also didn't get the type of run opportunities that that Todd Gurley got. But anyway, nonetheless, real quick, we'll do this rapid-fire style. Laura, give me some music or something here. Some, like, uh, beat, basically. Uh, Greg Bergman, I will ask you. Josiah Gray is pitching tonight at home. Versus the Giants after the Dodgers lose yesterday to the Giants and did not gain any ground. Is this a good move or could it be a costly move? I mean, it could go either way, but if Josiah Gray I mean, comes clearly out, it could go either yeah, way. Well, I know, but it's, if, Josiah, if Josiah Gray goes out and throws four or five innings of, like, two-hit ball with no runs, he's going to be a legend. He's going to be a guy that's already invested I mean, into, the, into the— Already? I mean, legend, maybe not legend, but he's going to be a guy that's going to be already put into the world. So I love it. Okay. All right. Kaplan, would you start a guy who has never, who, you know, is, you know, who has, doesn't have this kind of experience in a rivalry situation? Absolutely. 100%. Throw this young guy directly into the fire. It doesn't really matter what the results are. He could bomb or he could be the bomb. It doesn't matter. Put him out there. Throw him in. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, NBA Finals tonight. Game six is coming up in just a few moments. Uh, real quick, Kaplan, yeah. uh, if the Suns lose tonight, does this change the way you look at Chris Paul? At all. Not really. Not really. I've never, you know, Chris Paul's never been a champion. And if he loses tonight, he doesn't have a championship. So it doesn't really change anything for me. Greg? Nope. Changes absolutely nothing. Not a fan. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I don't think it changes anything for me either, but I'm actually a fan. Like, he is going to still be one of the top five guys to not win a championship. So go um, Phoenix. I'd like to see him get it to game seven. Yeah, I would as well. Uh, I would as well. So there you have it. Uh, All right. We are done here. 